The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Live from Ford Field, it is the preseason game two recap show. Uh, Lions lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars 25 to 7, but the outcome of the game, not that important. We're going to break down everything that was important from this game. My name is Jeremy Reisman. I'm the producer over at Pride of Detroit. With me, as always, is the machine. Is Eric Schlitt on Twitter. Eric Schlitt is here. Eric, how we doing, buddy? Hey, buddy. Um, I know fans are going to be really disappointed with this game, and, and I that's completely understandable. I do think, though, that this, this was kind of what I expected, uh, to be honest. Um, you're missing all your starters. You're missing uh, a couple, you know, important rookies with uh, Gibbs, Laporta, Branch, all not playing. So yeah. it was. This game seemed really focused in on who's going to win those last few spots, right? Sure. And I and I feel like you know we know thirty guys are locked in, and then we probably know another fifteen or so. But those last kind of seven spots, that's really, I think, what this game was all about. Who's stepping up? Who's separating themselves? Um, because there was a lot of not-so-good football. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, but, yeah, let's start really there quick um, with, with some of the personnel decisions yeah. who did and didn't play. Like you said, I don't believe a single offensive starter played. Um, and even some of the reserves, like no Graham Glasgow, obviously. Um, Depending on what you call Marvin Jones. Right. If is, is Marvin a starter? Is Khalif a starter? Yeah. Um, yeah, so no Marvin. Both your running backs out. Yeah. So no Jameer Gibbs this game after getting a little taste uh, last week. Yep. And, and then, then go yeah, ahead. no, I was gonna say, and then there was a couple of rookies who I think are near the bottom, who didn't play at all, right? Yeah. Like there just wasn't an opportunity. Like we didn't see Adrian Martinez in this game. Yep. Um, and while not a rookie, we didn't see Divine uh, Zigbo in this game either. Right. And so some of this was, I think, really focused on the like second and third teams and. Uh, you know what they were able to get done. Yeah, and then on the defensive side of the ball, again, mostly no starters. Um, the the interesting exceptions to the rule were John Kaminsky, which I think is just a numbers game. Like yeah. they have to have edge guys play. Mm-hmm. I was a little bit surprised with how deep he played in the game. And mm-hmm. again, he looked like a man among boys, yes. which is always a, a good thing when you have a, a, a an arguable starter out there in a preseason game going against twos and threes. Um, Jack right. Campbell. Yeah, um, and Derek Barnes. Both Derek, played. Right. Uh, Jack Campbell played for over a half. Derek Barnes, I think, was taken a little bit 
out earlier than if that. I'm not if I do recall I believe it was Malcolm and Derek that started the game that yep. Malcolm exited Jack entered and Jack and Barnes played together for a couple of series and then Barnes exited and then it was Jack and Malcolm and right. so we got to see a little bit of uh, pairings that we didn't normally see True. Uh, interesting to see that when it was Jack and Barnes on the field uh, it was Barnes that shifted to the will. Right. Uh, I think you know that's a, that's something we've talked about previously, about Barnes's ability to kind of play both spots. But we haven't really touched on it much this year, mostly because he's just been playing at the mic. But I do think it's notable that he's the one that shifts yeah. if the two are paired up. Uh, and I, I even asked Dan after the game, you know, why you, you're benching Brian Branch, you're benching Jameer Gibbs, you're, you're, you're benching Sam Laporta. Why does why did Jack Campbell get a half of snaps? And, and basically, right. it was a very simple answer. All those other guys got about 70, 80 snaps during joint practices. All right. Jack Campbell didn't. Jack Campbell is mostly repping with the twos in joint practices. So he's, you know, he, he has, I don't know, like half maybe half of those snaps that, that everyone else got. Makes sense. During, uh, during those joint practices. Um, all right. Let's talk about the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? Let's, let's try to keep things positive because I think a lot of Lions fans, like you said, might be a little upset about this game. Yes. So what are some of the positives you took from this game, uh, which was – Admittedly, pretty ugly from start to finish. Uh, James Houston, yeah, looked like he returned to form. Yep, um, you know he doesn't always look this way in practice, and I think we we reiterate that. <laughs> At the same time, when he shows up in games and he does this, this is why fans think we're the, that we're nuts, right? Right? Because like he doesn't look like this in practice. Yeah, like to the point where we have other beat writers talking to us saying, "Why doesn't he play like this in practice?" Right? And yeah. like it's 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 a bit of a mystery. But I tell you what, after watching. Uh, Julian Aquara have a really good preseason game one. Houston really stepped up his game there. Yeah. Um, and I asked him about acclimating to Sam uh, this season after, uh, following the game, and he talked about him. He's really starting to just now feel comfortable with that. And um, and you saw it, right? Yeah, like, cause, I, I do. Because to I me, do see it. The, we, we really haven't seen the crazy pass rush stuff yet. Like, he, right. was, he was okay at it today. I thought he was better in, in game one than he was as a pass rusher. I, I agree. Even though even though his stats are probably better in this game, I right. do agree the pass rush was better in game one. But, but what was encouraging, and, and maybe even more encouraging than anything else, was he looked like a guy capable of being a three-down player today. He, <laughs> right. he drops into coverage and, and makes a, a tough open field tackle on a running back. Yeah, he hard. sets the edge a couple times in the mm-hmm. run game. Like, mm-hmm. four tackles for loss. And only one sack, and it was kind of like a, a cleanup sack. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, that's not the James Houston stat line we're used to seeing. We're used to seeing four four yeah. sacks and mm-hmm. maybe another tackle. This is right. four tackles for loss, uh, which only includes one sack. So I thought I was I was really impressed with him today. Yeah, the one the, the tackle for loss where he drops and then they throw the ball into the flat and yeah. then he just closes on that guy. <laughs> the closing it, speed is ridiculous. It, it is, and that's I think that's really what makes him special. Yeah, right. And that's what fans see, and that's what you know. And, and I think that's why people have clamored for him for so long and said, you know, he's not getting cut. And and believe it or not. We've said he's not getting cut, right. even though we have said he's still learning. Like he, we've never been on the side of he's. This is where he's getting. Right. You know, we think he's not going to make the roster. Yeah. those pass rushing skills are there. You're starting to see him develop more. Look, he's still got some work to do, but if he can flash like he did today, then that's a really good spot for him. And he, you know, he's there. That edge side is not the edge depth is not set. And I think he's really only affirming his position uh, after a game like this. 
I would say another positive is is Starling Thomas as as a kick returner. Oh, um, yeah. It's it's kind of an interesting situation, obviously with Justin Jackson not on the team anymore, mm-hmm. and I don't I don't know what direction they're going to go with with kick returner, mm-hmm. it, and I don't know if, if Starling Thomas won the job today. He probably didn't. I would imagine. I think they're going to see need to see a lot more of that, but you know. When we've seen them in practice, they've been like it's clear. Ever since Justin Jackson suddenly retired, they're trying everything. They're throwing Dylan right. Drummond back there. They're throwing Jameer Gibbs back there. Mm-hmm. They're throwing a lot of guys out there. And I thought Starling looked explosive. Like it makes sense. This is this is a role that absolutely makes sense for a guy who's as speedy as he was. I went back and checked his college stats. He doesn't have a ton of returner experience, mm-hmm. but he has experience because yeah. I think they knew in college too. Like you have that skill set and, and he looked I mean he looked like a natural he was you know the, the the catch was was natural it wasn't like he was catching it off his back foot and and that speed is just like I hate to just say he's a speedster but sometimes that's the biggest key like you don't have lanes that last a long time on a kick return so the faster you can get to him the more effective you're going to be I talked to Starling in the locker room too after the game and I said I asked him specifically about returning kicks and he said that you know from when he was you know, a little uh, when he first started playing football, he's always been a receiver. Mm. Uh, he didn't switch to corner until later in his career, and he said so. Like, he, it's very natural for him yeah. to have the ball in his hands. It's very natural for him to catch the ball. It's very natural for him to, to you know, ha- he has that speed where he just finds holes and, and, and he can go. And I mean, he was getting to the thirty before people were even closing on him, and, right. and he was like, "I was a tackle away from taking it, taking these things." And so. With Justin Jackson, like you said, retiring, last year they went to Maurice Alexander. Maurice Alexander is hurt, and he has not been playing very good on on offense. Starling has the experience. It, 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 you know, it's not a huge amount of experience, but he has experience with the ball in his hands. He has experience returning. He has the elite speed, and he's looked great on defense. And, I mean, the more you can do, right? And, and I yep. think the telling thing here is that they didn't scale back any of his other jobs. Right. They didn't scale back his gunner duties. They didn't scale back his blocking duties. They didn't scale back. He played, you know, over half of, of football in, uh, at, as a starting corner. So, like, if they're not scaling back and they're adding more stuff on and he's still producing, it just speaks to the fact that he's... A he's, roster he's, lock. He's, yeah. <laughs> as an undrafted rookie. Exactly. He, he, is, <laughs> he is as locked in as I've ever seen an undrafted rookie. Yeah. And... It's just a matter of what can he do? What, you know, like, what what more can he contribute? Because, man, his speed is, like, it's stupid. Yeah. Like, it really is stupid. And it's it's everything you thought it would be. The confidence levels through the roof. He he wants to be in this spot. He, yeah, he said he's hoping to get more opportunities to return kicks in the future. Um, and for me, I, why not? Right. Why not go to this guy? Because, like, he... I mean, what did I want to get the thirty-three yards? I believe is what his yeah. average was. So yeah. two kicks, sixty-six yards. That, that thirty-three yards is awfully nice. It's great. We were talking. Maurice Alexander, I think, averaged like thirty uh, yards last year, and we were like, "Oh man, he's really good." Maybe so. if he can do this again next week against Carolina, yeah, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be pretty confident in saying he's he should be the he's returner. I, I might be there now. I'm not joking. <laughs> All right, I love it. I feel like we win three minutes on. <laughs> on Starling Thomas because we didn't want to talk about the rest of this game but we got to talk about the rest of this game uh, and let's start with the uh, let's just get into the offense the offense was obviously horrible today in just about yep. every single possible way I think they ended with 131 total yards of offense Oof. 35 rushing uh, 114 passing you, you throw in some sacks in there and stuff and, and you get I think to 131 but um, 
let, let's talk Bridgewater. Um, gets yeah. kind of the surprise start here, yep. um, but goes three and out, three and out, fumble, three and out. Uh, just nothing going all day. In fact, we, we talked to Dan Campbell after the game, and he's like, really the, the only plan was to give him about three series. Sure. But everything fell apart so quickly that like we didn't feel like we got enough snaps out of him, so we had to run him all the way until the end of the second quarter there. Yeah. Um, I, you have to give Bridgewater some leeway for a couple reasons, right? Like He's, he's only he's, played in three practices. He's only played in three practices. <laughs> it, the, the offensive line continues to be horrible. Um, they switched the offensive linemen around as well. True. Right? Like, they switched both tackles and guard spots around. Right. And they had um, a totally different right guard than they had in the past with Bobby, Bobby Hart. Hart right? right? Yeah, like before they had been using uh, Aushika. They've been using Darren Paolo. Right. Today they went with Bobby Hart. I thought Bobby Hart and uh, Brad Cecil's communication was bad. Yep. And so, yeah, the offensive line was was a mess. But I'm sorry, I could I that, well, continue. Right, because, I mean, we can't let Teddy completely off the hook. He was no, not, no, he was no, not no, good today either. No, um, most notably, you know, he had that easy looking pass on a third down that was just mm-hmm. not anywhere where it needed to be. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember who it was he, too. You but. know what he's doing is like he, it looks like he's just he's rushing yeah. just a little. And and when he's rushing, he, he, he gets the ball moving, his arm moving forward a little bit quickly, the ball ends up in the dirt. And that's happened a lot yeah. in game yes. situations. Yep. Um, when he's not in game situations and he's just throwing seven on sevens or, or like in individuals, you see him use all kinds of different levels, touches, right. uh, fastballs. Like he's he's got a lot of range, but it looks like he's just rushing things right now, and and, and that will that will come as he acclimates, right? Yeah. But but he's not there yet. He, right. He, and, he needs to settle. Yeah. And so three practices in one game is is it gets you going, but I, I'm not overly surprised, I guess that. Um, that this is what the output was, you would hope for better, but um, I mean, he's still really, really early in, a, in the acclimation. Yeah, I think I think I was hoping for just a little bit yeah. more poise, right? Like be, because sure. it does, he sure. does look like he's hurt and all that yeah. sort of stuff. But again, like you just said, like this guy hasn't been playing football, hasn't been practicing football mm-hmm. for months upon months upon months. Like I'm sure he's working out and things like that, but yeah. like he's got, game speed is gonna is gonna take a while to acclimate. This is well, we say three practices. This is his sixth day, right? Practicing in 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 nine months you know what i mean yep. like so yeah it's it i think he's you know look he's gonna have another game he's gonna have another week to acclimate ideally the 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 completion percentage goes up the, uh, the yards per <laughs> yards per attempt hopefully yeah 3.1 ain't cutting it yeah um, um but i tell you what it's not like Nate Sudfeld is really pressuring him like we were hoping for. With with yes, with but can I get can I do a yes, but here because yes, like please. I mean he, he obviously gets afforded all the same like you have a horrible offensive line mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. excuses. Now his interception was awful. It yeah. it very much reminded me of his throw to Jamo last week that was up and behind the receiver. But I thought he kind of bounced back to okay. Like he had that deep shot. I think it was to to Drummond for like twenty three yards. That was Drummond like for twenty three. A nice green, little green for eighteen. Sure. And then he 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 threw the only touchdown of the game as well, Dakota. Right. So again, it, it's it. I think this kind of became the theme, especially on defense, of just like you, you give up a big play, but you come back and, and you show a little bit of grit. You show a little bit of resiliency, mm-hmm. and you come back and, and and make up for that mistake. So, I mean. You can't be happy with his performance, no. but I think I think I don't think it was it was particularly bad. I think there were so many other things going wrong on offense that that pointing to either quarterback and saying you were the issue seems a little bit silly. Because <laughs> I mean they, could, they couldn't run the ball. They found themselves in third and longs yeah. all day, 
And then when you're in a third and long with a bad offensive line, you're, you're going to rush throws. You're going to throw inaccurate passes. You're going to get sacked. Speaking of run game, I feel like they kind of tipped their hand on the RB3 job by uh, going towards Craig Reynolds for the entire first half and not really even spelling him with anybody else. Yeah. Then going to Jefferson only in the third quarter, Benny Snell only in the fourth, and like we said a bit earlier, Azigbo didn't even play. So maybe, but the only way, the only reason I would push back is the same reason Teddy played as long as he did. It's mm-hmm. just like I'm sure they wanted to give Craig Reynolds a chance. Sure. <laughs> Those first drives didn't last long at all, mm-hmm. and so like, yeah, he played the whole first half. But it, I feel like that's going to amount to like 15 snaps, like not even that much. Well, no, I mean, he had he had 12 touches, I think. Okay, so maybe more than that, unless, yeah. he t- unless he touched the ball every time he was out there. <laughs> no, he didn't. He. He had 12 touch. I think he had four catches on six targets is what it was. Mm. Uh, led the team in receptions, ironically. Yeah. Uh, which is not great. Pulling the uh, the Jameer Gibbs, as we like to call it. Sure. Where you, the running back leads the team in receptions. Sure. And, um, but, I, but look, I don't think the game plan was even to rotate Craig Reynolds, right? And so, like, just like with Teddy, maybe he was out there for an extended period of time. But at the same time, they were probably repping him as the solo RB3, and he was up there first, I think because they have the confidence in him, and that I think, in my mind, I view that usage as he's ahead in the, in the RB3 yeah. battle. Well, yeah, and, and, but I don't think there was ever really a question of that, right? Like, he's well, he's been around the longest. Jamar's not nipping at his heels. He's been injured. It's no, yeah. good to see him out I mean, there. But I mean, there's people that are really going to like what Benny Snell did, but, um, you know, again... <laughs> Three Benny, carries. Yeah, but again, Benny Snell... You know, is getting these reps in the fourth quarter yeah. against thirteen defenses. So, right. and there's look if if they the fact he's he's he looks like he's ahead of a Zigbo because he played in the sure. Zigbo didn't yes. right. So I think that's easy to, to identify. But I, I, there's also something to say about the fact that he still wasn't repping ahead of Jefferson. Yeah. If he was really in the mix, I think he he would have gotten I third agree. quarter touches. Um, last thing on offense, I, I think we have to talk a little bit about the wide receivers because. Disappointing day from them, too. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Dylan Drummond had a couple drop passes. Granted, they were contested catches. They were not easy catches to make, but mm-hmm. you, you're hoping a guy that's trying to win a, a wide receiver five spot makes those catches. Chase Cota, I know, got a lot of positive attention there for, for getting the one touchdown catch and, and also on in on uh, punt returns, right? Yeah. Um, but kind of a subdued day from him as well. Two catches, nine yards. Antoine Green had that one catch where uh, heads up play, getting up after not getting touched, rushing for another 10 yards after that. So, you know, that's the positive. But in general, way too many drops on the day. And if you were looking for a a player, I think, to separate themselves as a wide receiver five or six, uh, I'm not sure you got it. Um Eamon's a legend. Yeah, we, did. we just got pizza delivered to us, uh, so <laughs> that's why there was an awkward pause there because we were all transfixed by pizza. Um, yeah, I again, I, I think what we saw from the receivers was someone who did uh, – the rookies had a hard, um, you know, a hard moment. Yeah. And then I, saw, I thought they bounced back and had a good moment, right? What it was about leaving the plays – you know, leaving a bad play behind you and having a good play. And I think we saw that on defense as well, like most sure. notably uh, Stephen Gilmore. Yeah. Right? Gilmore gets burned on a 48-yard play right off the bat in that – was it first drive, second drive, or something like that, second drive? Yeah. And um, – but then you see him recover. He gets a – he gets – 
uh, they go right back at him on the second play, and uh, or I'm sorry, later in the series, and he gets pass break up in the end zone. Then uh, he's in on the play where Tracy Walker bats the ball up in the air, and then he intercepts it. And right. then he gets another pass break up a little bit later in the game as well, and they actually stopped, I think, stopped looking the ball his way. And um, they started throwing towards uh, Starling a little bit more. So it's a... Uh, it was it was a, a learning day, I think, for a lot of rookies. You saw struggles, and then you saw better plays after those struggles. Uh, let's go to the defense. Um, a, a mixed day, I would say overall for them. I was I was not particularly happy with the the run defense on the day, um, and the I guess the reason for my disappointment was I thought the first game was a positive step for someone like Levi Onzerike, Broderick Martin, yes, um, guys like that. Benito. They, Benito even, yeah. yeah. And it's, they, those, all three of those guys seemed kind of invisible. And I, I at one point I, I committed to watching Levi for, you know, a, a driver, a, a set of plays, and he was getting worked. Like, it was, like, yeah. we, we talk about, you know, everyone's freaking out about the Lions offensive line, and, and the, the line that we all say is every team their reserve offensive linemen are bad. Well, mm-hmm. you want your reserve defensive linemen to kick the crap out of them, yeah. and they didn't today. And so, yeah. you know, again, none of the starters, It's not. I'm not going to sit here and say the run defense is going to be as horrible as it was last year, but you would have liked to see more from the reserves, especially a guy like Levi, I think, in this game. Yeah, and, I, and you know, I think with Broderick, too, you would have hoped to have seen a yep. little bit more push out of him. He was double-teamed pretty consistently. Yep. Um, every time I looked at him, he was getting the doubles. Um, but at the same time, you, you, you'd hope to see him be able to push some of those reserves around. Um, pad level's a little bit of an issue for him still, but yep. I, I still think there's enough talent with him that you have to be encouraged. He's going to be part of the rotation, and um, you know, you're hoping maybe you know, coming in situationally is going to be better for him in his opportunities. Like, they're going to put him in, yeah. in the right spots instead of just kind of throwing him out there and expecting him to live down to down. Yeah. Um, Bugs played a little bit today, right, um, which was, you know, another one of those starters that we didn't expect to get a, a lot of work, and he didn't. But, um, you know, the defensive line, you, you, you would have hoped to have seen a little bit more production. Um, you know, we talked highly about James Houston, but at the same, on, on the flip side of that coin, I thought Julian Aquara was uh, not really existent, right? Like, after having such a great week yeah. the week before, um, I'm not even sure yeah, he's off. He's he no, did anything. He had right? a quarterback hit. That's it. I, yes, I remember, yes, I remember that. He, he, I mean, he did have a sec that was also nullified by uh, an illegal contact. For Yep, correct. And um, I just I don't think he looked as comfortable. He didn't look as clean. And I think that's part of the worry with, yeah. uh, with Julian. Aquara. It's consistency, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, that said, let, let, I mean, let's just back things up and, and talk linebackers because Dan Campbell said it after the game, and I agree. Like, there's a lot of confidence right now. I think yeah. in this linebacking core. And again, I thought I thought it was a good day for Malcolm. He had that blitz where he just absolutely tossed the running back, caused. Uh, the quarterback Bethard to catch his own pass, oh, yeah. uh, which was kind of a ridiculous play. But I think I think he's really good. I I even think Jalen Reeves Maben is running around there making plays. It's not perfect, but like I think this is such a it, it's such a huge turnaround from where mm. I was mentally about this linebacking core to where I am now. Where it's just like I didn't think they had anyone last year. Now I feel like they have embarrassed. They have four or five guys that, that can play defense for them. Mm. I, I'm I'm more in the four camp because <laughs> I, I'm not sold on Reeves Maven just yet. Fair. Uh, beyond special teams, I thought, but like you know, look, Campbell 
Campbell showed off sideline and sideline speed. Yeah. Right? He's got his, he puts his nose in there all the time. When the regular season comes, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a 10-tackle-a-game guy. Right? Like, even in a... even in, yeah, I mean, he had seven, right? Right, yeah. Even in a subdued role during the regular season, he is just always around the ball. And he's a rookie, so there's some things to clean up. Uh, but he he showed well in a lot of different areas for, I think, the second game in a row. And... Um, I was encouraged by by you know how he played. I guess um, I don't have a ton of notes on on the secondary. I, I, we we talked about a little at the top, like it was a lot of like you gave up a play and then you came back and, and stopped it. I I think in general maybe a little bit of a disappointing day from from the outside corners. I, I think the well, I was if we're talking about secondary, I think the biggest news of the secondary is Ify Malafanu exits. Yes, and then. Um, Savion Smith exits as well, and then Savion is in the locker room with a boot on. Yep. Now, that could be precautionary, yep. uh, which we've seen in the past, or it could be something a little bit more serious. And if, if those are the two guys that are kind of looked at as, like, true safety three and four, or, you know, depending on how you view where Gardner-Johnson is, et cetera, et cetera. Right, right. Um, but if, if one of those guys is competing for a spot and they both are injured, now, now what do you do? Do you have to look... Now, uh, at, at, at nickel, do you look more at adding depth on the outside? Or is there another safety that could step up into the mix? Um, that's the biggest thing with the secondary for me is I don't know uh, what's going to happen if those two guys are, are seriously injured. Yeah, and it's it's a – I mean, I'm, I'm crossing my fingers for a guy like Iffy because yeah. obviously – that, that's the big. That's like the major issue with him right now. Is yeah. I feel like he was making strides as a safety. I thought he was making strides on special teams. Let's I thought like special teams, yeah, right? I thought he was getting to a point where you could be comfortable with him on your on your forty six on your game day roster as mm-hmm. a guy who's going to contribute. And the only question with him is can he stay healthy? And so you know, fingers crossed. This is just a minor thing, but if if you can't trust a guy to stay healthy, I don't know if you can trust him to be on the fifty three. And so. This is a horrible development for him. Yeah, I mean, I do think, I agree with you. I think that's his biggest crux right now is that, and, and you could say the same thing with Julian, is like sure. um, if they can't stay healthy no matter how athletic they are, no matter, regardless of the fact that they're both third-round picks, if they can't stay healthy, this organization does not have a ton of patience for that. It's DeAndre, DeAndre Swift, right? Well, DeAndre Swift, look at Mims. Sure. Like Mims, Mims couldn't get healthy, and now he's no longer. Yeah. And so, um, and it's not like it's just like a, if this, it's not like a one-off thing. This is a they have they both have long histories, yeah. multi-year histories of not being able to be healthy. And when you have a deep enough roster where you're competing for for spots, and and the battles are are as intense as they are this season, um, a guy who can't stay healthy is going to have a much tougher path than someone who is available. Yep. All right, I think we got a th- we got through this one, Eric. It was a it was a struggle today. Yeah. Uh, not but, not the best of games, but it's really this is all about the depth, yeah. right? This is all about challenging for spots. And right. Of all of the guys that we watched today, I don't even know what 20 percent, maybe. Like, I mean, yeah, like not not that not that big of a percentage. Not not that many number of people are, are probably going to be on the team yeah. when it's all said and done. So um, these are the guys that are kind of your supplemental guys. And you and yeah, there was enough of them that I thought played well. But there was a lot of guys who, you know, may end up on the practice squad uh, two weeks from now. 
All right, looking ahead real quick, um, there are a couple quote-unquote training camp practices next week that we'll be able to cover, so uh, be on the lookout for those observations, maybe a couple daily pods as well. Then I believe Friday is the preseason finale, and then we're talking cuts and regular season. So we'll be here breaking it all down for you. Uh, make sure you're subscribed, obviously, on, on your podcast platforms. Leave us a review if you like what you see. Head over to prideofdetroit.com for more post-game coverage on this game, including snap counts, including grades, winners, losers, all that sort of stuff on prideofdetroit.com. But until then, for Eric, I'm Jeremy. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you in a few days.